God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Well, man, we have a lot of corruption to talk about today and a lot of things that have happened over the last 12 to 24 hours. And uh, so we're going to get into it, talk about some things that are going to be happening today. And one is the uh, consumer price index. Inflation is going up. It's going up. Biggest jump in headline inflation in 14 months is predicted. Inflation is set for a big increase. CPI to show here's why. Higher oil prices to deliver temporary boost in consumer prices. Is inflation getting worse? Consumer prices are expected to post the biggest gain in August in more than a year. Here's how to read the latest consumer price index. The forest, the forecast, consumer prices are expected to jump 0.6% in August. The biggest increase in 14 months, according to economists polled by the Wall Street Journal. By contrast, the CPI barely rose in each of the past three months. The chief culprit, higher oil prices. The cost of oil has surged almost 25% since late July. In some parts of the U.S., the cost of gas has even toppled $4 a gallon. As a result, the yearly rate of inflation could climb to 3.6%. How's that green working out for you? How's that green working out for you? That climate hoax. You remember we played the 15-minute cities and how they don't want you to drive a car and how they're going to set speed limits to 20 miles per hour and how they're going to limit the range and they're going to put cameras up in Wales. They're putting cameras up to make sure that you're not driving, driving a gas guzzling car. We heard another clip yesterday uh, where someone before Congress asked all these so-called scientists what the CO2 levels are in our environment. It's 0.04, not even half of 1% CO2 
represents that part of our environment, less than half of per, of 1%. And yet, life can't sustain itself if it goes below 0.02. It's 0.04. We can't even sustain plant life with a lower... So, so when I hear Apple with their huge event, huh, yeah, the wonder whatever it was, the wonder lust or wonder, wonder wheel or wonder what, Wonder makes me wonder. By the way, the i15, the iPhone 15 is not worth the investment. You get a USB C port instead of a lightning port. That's it. Boom. And a periscope camera that you'll never use. It's ridiculous. So, you know, they're not inventing anymore. They're just. What they did was they spent the whole year. From I14, iPhone 14 to iPhone 15, they spent the whole year trying to package marketing and branding surrounding green, which is ridiculous because when you think about it, you think, well, so what's your objective? Net zero. What's net zero? Net zero can't even sustain plant life. And they're tearing down, they're burning up forests, they're burying lumber, thinking that, and replacing forest trees that actually consume CO2 to lower CO2, and they're replacing them with Chinese-made panels that get shattered in a hailstorm. It doesn't make any sense. And now we know that COVID was a big fat lie that the CIA whistleblower came out and said that they paid off researchers to fudge their data, that Fauci came out now and basically said, yeah, the vaccines could cause heart problems, like myocarditis. All of this stuff is coming out. The conspiracy people were right. CNN and MSNBC and all those globalist-backed corporations were wrong. It is not a conspiracy, and it is not the world's greatest kept secret anymore that people go into Congress. Like, uh, there's this woman that's a swinger that um, was in Virginia, and now she's saying she has a claim to right to privacy because she was selling sex with her husband for money that she used toward our campaign to win a state legislature seat, state senate seat or something in Virginia. She's a very attractive woman. But boy, I'll tell you, they're making the argument now that she has every right to do that. What? How does that, how does that prevent her from doing her job? And how many other congressmen haven't had sex parties and, and were swingers and they still were able to do their job? How many drunks? How many pedophiles? So they've already lowered the bar, and that's how they're couching this. They're basically saying you could do anything you want, morals be damned, and you could run for office. We used to have standards, and we no longer, the standards are being shattered. I saw this one clip, I can't even play it, where John Kennedy from Louisiana had to read a couple of books 
you get this guy that looks like Pee Wee Herman that's sitting there on the panel. He has, has to waste his time talking to this guy. This guy happens to be like the head of the librarians in our schools and thinks it's okay to have these sex, sex-ridden books read by our children in children's libraries and children's schools. We are losing our minds, but it's on purpose. It's an agenda. And the thing about it is, I actually still believe this movie was so great. Distinguished Gentleman with Eddie Murphy. Where he goes to, he go, he, he's a con man in Miami. He goes to Washington based on his name. And he can't believe the kind of corruption that's legal in Washington. Everybody get, gets, gets a foundation. Everybody gets donations to their foundation. Their foundation becomes this slush fund to throw parties and galas and events and fly all over the world and stay in fancy hotels. And that's all it is. And they're like, oh, we're going to this conference. Meanwhile, they have an entourage of three escorts (laughs) and a jacuzzi. That's all part of the deal. But this is the kind of thing that's being done in Washington all the time. Is that when you go in, you get these handlers. You're almost told these are going to be your handlers. These are going to be your advisors. And the advice that they're giving is conducive to everything that is wanted by the Brookings Institution, the Atlantic Council, or the United Nations, or somewhere in between all of these so-called think tanks like the Wilson Center. All of them are a bunch of globalists. All of them are a bunch of socialists. All of them are a bunch of academics that don't know crap about crap. And they push this narrative and they push this agenda of green this and pandemic that. And the World Health Organization is taking over our sovereignty. So is BlackRock and so is Vanguard. So is State Street. And they're all in bed with Klaus Schwab. And these are former Nazis. And they are the unelected officials that are running the world right now. And it trickles all the way down to our DAs with Soros-backed DAs. It trickles all the way down to our inner cities and the corruption that goes on there. So it is local now. What happens in Brussels or what happens in Davos or what happens in Geneva or what happens in the United Nations is all local now. It's local in the news that we read and we hear and we see. It's local in the corporates, corporations and their fiduciary duty to the community and to their shareholders. And what do we have to show for? We played an audio clip yesterday about how things have gotten worse. It's houses to own a house. It's eight times more of your salary. Like, The thing is, is that it used to be that it could be one blue-collar job could pay the bills, buy the house, raise the children, 
and have a wife at home to rear the children, teach the children. But now, like Aaron Russo said when he said Nicholas Rockefeller told him, told him that the women's lib movement, a radical socialist movement, one of the leaders of that was Margaret Sanger, really. You can go back to abortion and eugenics. But it was also someone like Gloria Steinem. And she used her good looks from when she was young. And she pushed this agenda. And she got all this airtime and media time because the media was in being paid off by the people with deep pockets to push an agenda. They were paid off by the Rockefellers at the time. And it's good money. And they were told what to say and do, but no one ever knew that this was going on behind the scenes. And somehow the women's movement movement got all the media attention. And at the time, there was only in the 70s, three networks. NBC, ABC, CBS. There wasn't even CNN at the time. But they all were pay-to-play schemes for narratives. And they pushed the women's movement to the point where dual income became a requirement. And next thing you know, you had this indoctrination of our children who had to go to school at an earlier age, like nursery school, in order to sustain the livelihood The two parents had to go to work. Who's going to raise the child? Certainly, I mean, a nanny is kind of too expensive and cost prohibitive. So you start sending kids to school. The Department of Education and the teachers unions flourished during that time. You look at the trajectory of both the women's movement and the teachers unions and the Department of Education and you will see a pattern there. So, you know, despite all the Fed's rate hikes, which are crushing the housing market and the commercial business real estate markets, it's crushing it. It's, it's, it's crippling the middle class. Inflation is nothing more or less than a theft from the middle class to big, corporate, big corporations. And believe me, Their forecasters know this is happening well ahead of time. And they're buying their products and widgets and manufacturing and stockpiles well ahead of the price increases. But they're they're the ones that are going to profit. When Biden came into office, everybody knew that Biden was going to cause inflation. So they stockpiled up. They stockpiled up knowing inflation was near. And they bought all their widgets pre-inflation. And then they sold all their widgets post-inflation. And they made a mint. And they took that money and lined the pockets of the politicians and the leadership in our country that made it all happen. That's exactly the, what, the game that's being played. And you are the victim. Says here, Putin is right about the fact we can't lecture others about democracy when the B 
the Biden administration is going after political opponents with crazy indictments. We expect this in communist countries, but not in America. Shameful examples of the world to watch. That Putin is actually the one lecturing the world now. Meeting up with Kim Jong-un, North Korea, not just because he needs bullets and ammo for Ukraine, which is North Korea is happy to make a mint off of that or basically get oil off of that from Russia because Russia's eastern flank is not far from North Korea. Kim Jong-un can take a train. But but in, in addition to that, now the quid pro quo is Putin is sharing some missile technology with North Korea. North Korea is providing necessary ammo for Russia. And this war in Ukraine is the biggest mistake our foreign policies have made in, in decades. It is the biggest joke. Our foreign services department, our state department, our CIA is corrupt. I mean, they killed a president, let's face it. They killed JFK. They killed Martin Luther King. They killed Bobby Kennedy. The CIA needs to be dismantled. We don't need it. They're worse than they are good. And Langley should be shut down. And so should the FBI. And the DOJ needs to be reset and revamped. We can't have two standards of justice. They broke it. So it needs to, everybody needs to be rehired, fired and then rehired and revetted. But we have such a corrupt government that there's, there's hardly no way to repair it at this point. So here we are. This is Dr. Fauci. James Woods posted this. He says, wait. People were locked out of their out of social media and ridiculed by people from the party of science for saying the vaccine causes myocarditis. And now this weasel casually acknowledges we were right all along. Wow. Told you. Again, we have experience with this type of vaccine in billions of people. It's a safe vaccine. Of course, with the mRNA, there's a very, very, very low risk, particularly in young men, of getting a myocarditis. But if you look at the risk of myocarditis from COVID itself is greater than the risk of the vaccine. Again, we have experience with this type. To quote Deion Sanders, that's bull junk. (laughs) You guys been following the Colorado Buffaloes? I have. I've been following them all summer long. And I got to tell you, I'm quite happy with the results. Uh, they went down to TCU and won. They went down to, then they hosted Nebraska. And for my Nebraska listeners, and I, you know who you are, I'm sorry for your loss. But I'm happy for what's going on. with. He's, he reminds me of the Donald Trump of college football. If you look at it like that, it's kind of interesting. What's going on with Deion Sanders? He's flashy. So is Trump. Trump is flashy. And all of a sudden, the college football landscape has been flipped upside down. And people don't necessarily love it. They're not liking this whole disruption of 
the way things were. Well, Donald Trump's going to come back and he's going to set things right. Let's hope and pray that that happens. So revealed, the media reports, uh, media reports slamming the GOP for the Biden impeachment. Oh, yeah, there's a Biden impeachment, but it's a Biden impeachment inquiry. So no biggie. But we're going to play a couple of clips, mainly the one from Matt Gates, but also the one from Kevin McCarthy. We're going to play that, too. But I'm telling you, man, media is out in force, slamming the GOP like they could talk after the impeachments of Donald Trump. Like they could talk. There is so much evidence here. The fact that this this hasn't been ha- hasn't happened sooner is a travesty, and people like Matt Gates have every right to stand up and call Kevin McCarthy out because it 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 there was a couple of things that happened that uh, that basically. Uh, Got gotten got in the way of that. Like here, Emerald Robinson says. So Matt Gates offers to work with Eric Swalwell to push Kevin McCarthy out of the chair of Speaker of the House. So McCarthy calls the impeachment proceedings against Biden the next day. That ices Eric Swalwell. You must drag GOP leaders kicking and screaming to keep their promises. It's true. Before we get to that big story, we're going to continue with with this uh, uh, Fauci story. I want I want to li- play this audio clip right here uh, about uh, uh, about um, Fauci. An explosive revelation from the House Subcommittee investigating the COVID pandemic. A senior level CIA. Okay. All right, so this is not just Fauci, but this is Representative Rich McCormick on the CIA whistleblower's lab leak cover-up allegations. They don't want us to know the truth. When you have scientific evidence ignored for political motivation, so COVID was a hoax. Not a hoax. It was real. It was a bioweapon. It was paid for by the United States. Okay, all that's true. But the CIA covered it up when science, scientists came out with studies that would basically illustrate or show um, efficacy data or something like that that wasn't part of the globalist narrative. Then what happened was they were paid by the CIA to shut up. That's what they did. They shut them up with money, like USAID does for the State Department, and buying up warlords and tribal leaders and, and shutting other people down and, and coercing people with carrots and sticks money. So, you know, like the USAID is the money arm. We'll either give you the money or take the money away. And then CIA is the enforcement arm. Well, they will either poison you or shoot you on the head or ruin your life, or pay people off. That's how foreign services are done today at the State Department. 
it's it's not diplomats, folks, with nice nice beautiful suits and red carpets and and five star dinners over in Turtle Bay in New York City by the United Nations. It is a lot lot different. It's a lot different behind the scenes, and I have seen behind the scenes, and I know what it's like behind the scenes. They spend, they get a, they, for those big events at the United Nations on the annual, they get thousands of escorts to basically entertain these people. It is like nothing you've ever seen. They spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on women alone. It's incredible what they do. But let's take a listen to this CIA whistleblower talking about paying off researchers surrounding the COVID pandemic to shut them up when the research didn't fit the narrative. Boom. An explosive revelation from the House subcommittee investigating the COVID pandemic. A senior level CIA officer is now blowing the whistle, claiming the agency, the CIA, tried to pay off six analysts to change their position on COVID-19's origin. The whistleblower says the six officers concluded that the virus likely originated in the Wuhan lab because it was so obvious. But the CIA allegedly offered them cash to change their conclusion to say that it came from a wet market and from the bats and pangolins and all that nonsense. Effectively looking to bribe these analysts to change their findings. It was all revealed today in testimony provided to the House committee So the question is, why would the CIA do this? Congressman Rich McCormick is a member of the Coronavirus Origins Committee and also a doctor, and he joins me now. Sir, it's good to have you on. Uh, It it is uh, incredible. I I get why Fauci would want to hide the truth, because he helped create the virus by paying for it. But why would the CIA do this? So I hate to be conspiracy theorists, and and I'm not. But where there's smoke, there's fire. When you see six people, six out of seven, really make the right choice initially, just like you did with other folks uh, who are scientists who Fauci gave grant money to later and all of a sudden switched their, their opinion within 72 hours. We don't have the names of everybody right now, but we're finding out, we're doing research, find out who did get bonuses and what exactly happened. Uh, why, what was the motivation for this offering of the CIA? So there's going to be some subpoenas, there's going to be some further research, but we can't wait to get to the bottom of this because this is exactly what we're talking about. Uh, when you have scientific evidence ignored for political motivation, uh, this is as conspiracy as it gets. No kidding. You, know, you, you remember how Fauci, the rest of the medical establishment, swore that this virus was naturally occurring. Let's remind people. The evidence strongly points to this being a natural occurrence of a jumping of a virus from a bat to an animal species to human. I still think the most likely explanation is this was a natural transmission from a host to bat, maybe something else in between to humans. It's a natural occurrence from an animal reservoir to a human. You know, I... Imagine that there are people out there that that believe everything that the government tells you. I mean, we, we, we heard... Imagine you know, it, it like was a, so a outrageous to listen to them, and yet it was uniform from the media and everyone else. So many lies during that pandemic, and then you find this out about the CIA. And what, what's what's so troubling to me is is they throw around conspiracy theory. I mean, they are producing conspiracy theorists by the millions at this point because they keep getting caught lying about really really important stuff. And, and hey, conspiracy theory comes from when, when government lies to its people, that's where conspiracy theories come from. Because you catch them enough times, you start to not trust anything that they say. 
Yeah, they're lying about this. What else are they lying about? Exactly. Think about what they did. They censored doctors. They threatened doctors. We'll be having hearings on that tomorrow. Uh, they did additional things where they basically fabricated where they find this virus, how you treat it, whether vaccines work. Uh, there's a ton of information uh, that we're, we're now no longer going to trust the government on, or the CDC for that matter. How about ivermectin? Right. It worked. Right. Ivermectin worked. And they said we couldn't use it. Why? Because it was out of patent. There was no profit to be made. There was no way to redistribute wealth from the middle class to the Klaus Schwab World Economic Forum, Davos and the political agendas of the globalists, you know, climate, CBDCs um, uh, and social credit score systems. They were pushing it all to control your speech, to control your energy, to control your mobility, to control your energy and your food. I mean, they controlled it all. That's, that's, that's their objective. That is their stated objective. Yeah, well said. I, I want to play one more. I just want to play one moment here. Uh, this happened earlier today. Let's go ahead and play it out, guys. How much money went from USAID to this, to the work at Wuhan and to their collaborator, Ralph Barrick at the University of North Carolina uh, to create, the, to collect and make coronaviruses that are weaponized, that um, are more deadly? So I, first of all, reject the implicit accusation in that question. Are you saying for certain go, that go, no go, USAID go, money go, went to the uh, Wuhan I, Institute I, I've of Virology? The question. Go ahead. No, please tell me. Do you, you, know, do you, I, do you I, are you I, stating I, that no yeah, USAID I will money say, went? I will say I am happy to take questions from those in this audience. I'm happy to answer them. I appreciate that they treat uh, every person in this room, including myself, respectfully. Wow, he didn't answer it. You know, we're trying to find out again, it's, just, it's the same thing. I mean, it's like how much of our money went to fund the creation of this virus after they've been lying to he us for three didn't years answer and they still can't even sit down and That was the answer. State Department. That's why they're, they're covering this up. I think they're absolutely embarrassed. Uh, they don't want us to know the truth. And, and now we have a public distrust of everything in medicine, everything in healthcare, and especially in government. Now, there's a built in distrust of government in America, anyways, from the inception of our country. But to yeah. see this crossover into medicine with doctors, with the CDC, with people who are supposed to be fair and balanced, CIA, for God's sake. Uh, we can't trust the people who are going to be holding the scales of justice. Who can we trust? This is exactly. really problematic. Exactly. Congressman. Wow. That's incredible, right? That, that, is a, that is just a mind-blowing story. So Charlie Kirk writes this about this. He says, breaking explosive new whistleblower testimony from a senior-level CIA officer to the House Select Subcommittee on the coronavirus pandemic alleges the CIA tried to pay off six different scientific analysts if they were willing to change their positions and bury findings that COVID came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The amount of those payments and whether they were made remain unclear. And you just heard the State Department wouldn't divulge any information whatsoever about it, wouldn't even acknowledge that the question was valid. So the CIA payoff scheme was reportedly orchestrated by former CIA Chief Operating Officer Andrew McCready's. While the FBI and the Energy Department have concluded that the COVID came COVID came from the lab, 
the CIA remains unable to determine the precise origin of the COVID-19 pandemic. Ask yourself, why was the CIA so invested in covering up that COVID came, uh, the COVID came from the lab? Well, nothing for nothing, folks, but Scott Adams from the Scott Adams Show, moi, I said from the very beginning, I said this, Fauci is protected. And I said this, you could go back in my um, SoundCloud, you can go back in my podcasts, do a search, Fauci, um, CIA. You could find it. Years ago, I said this, a couple of years ago, at least. And I've been saying this for a long, long time. And what I've been saying is, is the reason why Hillary Clinton was so arrogant and, you know, knew that she wasn't. It was because Comey was working for her, right? I mean, Crossfire Hurricane was her thing. She was paying the FBI and the State Department to carry out that ruse against Donald Trump, right? So she wasn't worried about that or Benghazi. Everybody knows that Benghazi was a slush fund to pay off ISIS rebels as mercenaries to guard the oil pipelines and everybody was in on it so she sat there for 10 hours and answered a bunch of questions however she wanted she was never going to be in trouble because she and everybody else was part even the investigators even the people asking her questions were dirty and in on it because it's a uni party and they were all profiting from the oil dark money that was coming out of Iraq into Europe and into Africa. And that's why they had to overthrow Mubarak. That's why they uh, murdered Gaddafi to basically send oil into Africa and trade that for gold, nickel, cobalt, and a whole bunch of other precious metals. And they cleared out a whole bunch of Africans and moved them through UN programs and State Department programs to the United States as refugees. And now they're driving your Uber and Lyft. Every single, or they're, they're, they're in the nursing, like I said a couple of weeks ago, when I was in the hospital. They're all from Africa, all these nurses. And all, all of these drivers are from Ethiopia. Now, trust me, it's exact. And I ask every one of them, how did you get here? What's your journey? Tell me your story. And it's all the same. All the time. Trust me, I I know this stuff. It's so corrupt, folks. So this is what's going on. And we got a uniparty Speaker of the House. We got a uniparty Mitch McConnell. We got a uniparty Ronan McDaniel running the RNC, the GOP, the Speaker of the House, and the Leader of the Senate. And they're all corrupt. The McRhinos is what I like to call them. McDaniel, McCarthy, and McDonald. And you know what? Matt Gates knows what time it is, doesn't he? Let's take a listen. And from Florida, Mr. Gates for five minutes. On this very floor in January, the whole world witnessed a historic contest for House Speaker. I rise today to serve notice. 
Mr. Speaker, you are out of compliance with the agreement that allowed you to assume this role. The path forward for the House of Representatives is to either bring you into immediate total compliance or remove you pursuant to a motion to vacate the chair. We have had no vote on term limits or on balanced budgets as the agreement demanded and required. There's been no full release of the January 6 tapes. As you promised, there has been insufficient accountability for the Biden crime family. And instead of cutting spending to raise the debt limit, you relied on budgetary gimmicks and rescissions so that you ultimately ended up serving as the valet to underwrite Biden's debt and advance his spending agenda. Mr. Speaker, you boasted in January that we would use the power of the subpoena and the power of the purse. But here we are, eight months later, and we haven't even sent the first subpoena to Hunter Biden. That's how you know that the rushed and you know, somewhat rattled performance you just saw from the Speaker isn't real. At this point, during Democrat control over the House of Representatives, they had already brought in Don Jr. three times. And we haven't even sent the first subpoena to Hunter Biden power of the subpoena and power of the purse. Only thing the 118th Congress is known for at this point is electing Kevin McCarthy speaker and underwriting Biden's debt. And unfortunately, there's only one of those things we can remediate at this time, power of the purse. Our leadership right now is asking us to vote for a continuing resolution. A vote for a continuing resolution is a vote to continue the Green New Deal, a vote to continue inflationary spending, and in the most troubling of fashions, a vote for a continuing resolution is a vote to continue the election interference of Jack Smith. Mr. Speaker, we told you how to use the power of the purse. Individual, single subject spending bills that would allow us to have specific review, programmatic analysis, and that would allow us to zero out the salaries of the bureaucrats who have broken bad, targeted President Trump, or cut sweetheart deals for Hunter Biden. September 30th is rapidly approaching, and you have not put us in a position to succeed. There is no way to pass all the individual appropriations bills now, and it's not like we didn't know when September 30th was going to show up on the calendar. I must be better, you must be better, and this House must be better, for it is the last best hope for tens of millions of Republicans. We demand real oversight against this weaponized government. Just look at the bribery. If tens of millions of dollars flowing from foreign corrupt people into the bank accounts of the Biden family wasn't enough for actual impeachment, why were we even looking? Joe Biden deserves impeachment for converting the vice presidency into an ATM machine for virtually his entire family. We all see it. We all know it. Now, moments ago, Speaker McCarthy endorsed an impeachment inquiry. This is a baby step following weeks of pressure from House conservatives to do more. We must move faster. Now, I will concede that the votes I have called for will likely fail, term limits, balanced budgets, maybe even impeachment. I am prepared for that eventuality because at least if we take votes, the American people get to see who's fighting for them and who's willing to tolerate more corruption and business as usual. Mr. Speaker, dust off our written January agreement. You have a copy. Reflect on the spirit of that agreement and build on the start that we had moments ago. Begin to comply. 
No continuing resolutions, individual spending bills are bust, votes on balanced budgets and term limits, subpoenas for Hunter Biden and the members of the Biden family who've been grifting off of this country, and the impeachment for Joe Biden that he so richly deserves. Do these things or face a motion to vacate the chair. And let me alert the country, a motion to vacate might not pass at first, but it might before the 15th vote. And if Democrats bail out McCarthy, as they may do, then I will lead the resistance to this uniparty and the Biden-McCarthy-Jeffries government that they are attempting to build. Biden-McCarthy-Jeffries. Jeffries is the minority leader in the House. And, uh, yeah, that's a really uh, necessary statement that Matt Gates just made. But here's an interesting um, note, and I read this once already today, but we're going to read it again. So Matt Gates, Emma Robinson writes this. So Matt Gates offers, offers to work with Eric Swalwell to push Kevin McCarthy out of the chair. Why? Because he needs, he needs the support of Democrats to do it. So McCarthy calls for impeachment proceedings against Biden the very next day. See how it works? You must drag GOP leaders kicking and screaming to keep their promises. McCarthy was supposed to reveal the J6 videotapes. Just release them all. He said he would, and he has not. So here, let's take a listen to this bull junk, uh, Kevin McCarthy. It's, it's not enough. Conduct. It's not aggressive enough. Taken together, these allegations paint a picture of a culture of corruption. Now, here's what we know so far. Through our investigations, we have found that President Biden did lie to the American people about his own knowledge of his family's foreign business dealings. Eyewitnesses have testified that the president joined on multiple phone calls and had multiple interactions. Dinners resulted in cars and millions of dollars into his sons and his sons' business partners. We know that bank records show that nearly $20 million in payments were directed to the Biden family members and associates through various shale companies. The Treasury Department alone has more than 150 transactions involving the Biden family and other business associates that were flagged as suspicious activity by U.S. banks. Even a trusted FBI informant has alleged a bribe to the Biden family. Biden used his official office to coordinate with Hunter Biden's business partners about Hunter's role in Burisma a Ukrainian energy company. Finally, despite these serious allegations, it appears that the president's family has been offered special treatment by Biden's own administration, treatment that not otherwise would have received if they were not related to the president. These are allegations of abuse of power, obstruction, and corruption. And they warrant further investigation by the House of Representatives. 
That's why today I am directing our House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. This logical next step will give our committees the full power to gather all the facts and answers for the American public. That's exactly what we want to know, the answers. I believe the President would want to answer these questions and allegations as well. This effort will be led by Chairman James Comer at the Committee on Oversight in coordination with Chairman Jim Jordan for Judiciary Committee and Chairman Jason Smith on Ways and Means. Now, I do not make this decision lightly. And regardless of your party or who you voted for, these facts should concern all Americans. The American people deserve to know that the public offices are not for sale and that the federal government is not being used to cover up the actions of a politically associated family. Now, I would encourage the President and his team to fully cooperate with this investigation in the interests of transparency. We are committed to getting the answers for the American public. Nothing more, nothing less. I'm expecting less because it's it's Kevin McCarthy, and I don't trust him as far as I could throw him. But here's the thing. It's great that Matt Gates did what he did because it's absolutely necessary. Now, I don't know where Marjorie Taylor Greene is on all this, but here's what she had to say about the whole thing. To, to clarify, is the inquiry open right now? Or are we, I mean, is there a vote that's going to be taken in the House of Representatives? What, what do the next steps look like? That's a great question because there's some confusion. There's two ways to open an impeachment inquiry. You, the House can take a vote or the Speaker of the House can announce and start and open the investigation. He can open the impeachment inquiry. That was a precedent set forward by former Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, and that's what he chose to do today, and I think it was a great, bold move. Where do you see this ending up? Do you see this ending in removal from office for President Biden? Do you see this going even to a Senate trial, making out of the House of Representatives? What's the ceiling for this? Well, uh, what I actually want to see is I want to see a very deep dive, a detailed investigation, no matter how long it takes. And it may take months and months. Um, it may go all the way to the November election. But what we need to do is we need to investigate Joe Biden, but we also need to investigate the web of people that exist in our federal agencies, the FBI, the DOJ, the CIA, and many others serving not only in this administration, the former administration, and the one before it, maybe even further. We need to find the people that have covered up Joe Biden's crimes and all of the Biden family's corruption. That's what's most important to me because I really do believe in gutting the federal government of corruption and this is the way we can start. For the average person sitting at home, they see this, they think maybe this is kind of close to the 2024 election. Is this, I mean, once for all, is this politically motivated? Absolutely not. It's not politically motivated at all. And the American people at home know one thing, that they're suffering under the Biden administration with a wide open border, an invasion of illegal immigrants, over 85,000 migrant children missing, over 300 Americans dying every single day from fentanyl. They can't afford their electric bills. They can't afford their gas bills. They can't afford uh, groceries. That's what the American... And no accountability and inflation. You know, and the thing is... Like, when will they ever admit that they did a mistake? Can you recall the last time the government admitted that they were wrong about something? Look at what's going on in Hawaii. 
You got a thousand kids that aren't showing up for school and nobody can give an answer as to what happened to these children. Of course we know. It's absolutely absurd. So here we got another one. Um, In Maricopa County, some developments have happened. Maricopa County recorder complains about judge ruling Maricopa County's election procedures are unlawful. Wow. So the Gateway Pundit recently reported uh, that a Yavapai County judge rejected defendants' motions to dismiss the Arizona Free Enterprise Club and restore integrity and trust in elections. I mean, it's one chip at a time. The judge ordered that the language of the statute is clear and unambiguous and that the current procedures for verifying mail-in ballot signatures do not have the force of law. What have I been saying all along? Again, I always said Fauci was protected by the CIA and the Department of Defense and a clandestine operation involving bioweapons and partnerships with China and the Wuhan lab. And for one reason or another, that led to election fraud on a massive scale that stole the election right out from underneath Donald Trump. And it's exactly what the globalists wanted. So none of that is, is a mistake. I, everything I just said is true. Now, you always have to look in a murder or anything else. Who benefited? Or any crime, who benefited? And in this case, uh, you have to look at at this uh, signature verification. One of the things I said was you could have all the ballot harvesting in the world and you, you won't be able to stop it so long as you have mail-in ballots and 30-day windows of dropping off ballots anonymously. If you don't have a signature verification, that's the only thing. And the ballot harvesters can't, ver- they cannot do a signature like that. They could do it for a hundred or a thousand. But trust me, the Democrats are going to need a fraud of a, on the scale of hundreds of thousands to pull off election rigging against a guy like Donald Trump. He is not your average bear. So that's why they don't want Trump running because the election fraud will be too difficult to pull off. Um, I want to play this one clip uh, here. This is the, the uh, pa- Ken Paxton. Now, Ken Paxton uh, basically had, um, he's in court. They're going after him because he basically helped Trump uh, by protecting Texas and preventing Texas from turning it blue. This is just some of the testimony that we're going to go ahead and hear again, that uh, it's just absolutely a sham of a trial against Ken Paxton in Texas. He's the AG of Texas. On August 13th of 2020, you had absolutely no evidence, physical, documentary, eyewitness, or circumstantial that Ken Paxton was being bribed by anyone, did you? I disagree with your statement. I had circumstantial evidence. Circumstantial. You had circumstantial evidence. Yes. Well, at some point on August 13th, did you go to your boss, Ken Paxton, and say, Attorney General, I'm concerned. 
I have circumstantial evidence that you've taken a bribe. Did you do that? Not on the 13th of August. I did you it didn't later. do that because you knew you would get fired, right? I said possible bribery. I didn't have evidence to confront him with. Not not at that time. Oh, but you just told the ladies and gentlemen of the jury you had circumstantial evidence. Yeah. So did you confront him with the circumstantial evidence? No. The On August 13th of 2020. So somebody was paid off. Eric, if you would put that Admit up Admit it to evidence, please. AG 50. You signed this. Yes. I did, yes. It says, we have a good faith belief that the Attorney General is violating federal and or state law. Yes? Correct. You had a good faith belief on October 1st, 2020. Yes? Yes. Did you bring any documentary evidence or physical evidence to the FBI? No documents, no physical evidence. And just to be clear, your testimony on direct was one of the reasons you thought Nate Paul had no credibility was he didn't give you any documentary evidence. True? Based on his theory, there was nothing to back up his theory. Correct. Yeah. And so it's fair to say if you had had documentary evidence of any crimes by Ken Paxton, you would have brought them to the FBI when you visited with them prior to this letter. True? I disagree with you. Oh, so you would have sat on it? No. If you had any documentary evidence of a crime by Ken Paxton, you would have brought it to the FBI. Yes? No. No, you wouldn't have? No. This was an initial report by eyewitnesses. And it happened in a hurry. I agree with that. How much of a hurry did it happen? Wow. The guy sounds uh, like he had an axe to grind. Here's another clip. Actually, I want to play this part. This is Ken Paxton. We have just 30 seconds. So so in Texas, we have very specific laws about how you can do mail-in ballots. And I can talk about voting machines, all kinds of different ways that election fraud occurs. But the one that I know happens very significantly, at least in my state, and I think across the country, is mail-in ballots. And our legislature passed, when I was in the Texas House, we passed a photo ID law. It's been very effective uh, because when you have to show up with a photo ID, it, it works pretty darn well as opposed to showing up with a utility. It's not, he goes on to say it's not perfect. It's not perfect, but it, it, it goes a long way in slowing down the fraud. And that's all he's trying to do. And so he gives, you know, basically uh, here about a 10-minute uh, clip of his encounter with Donald Trump. And basically he helped prevent Texas from turning blue because the Castro brothers basically said that's what the open borders was all about. The Castro brothers were running for office, said open borders, changing the demographics, and Texas is going to be blue. And that's what the open borders was all about in Texas. In any case, we're going to go ahead. I know I said yesterday we're going to listen to this today. We ran out of time, but tomorrow we will, I promise. Um, and uh, with that, it brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out magapack.org. Make a donation if you can. Thank you for your donations. To help us keep this show, Scott Adams Show, commercial-free, use Red State Just over at MyPillow.com. And we'll see you next time on the radio. <laughs>